Chapter Forty Five of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Ichabod. Chapter Forty Five. As Henry and his son after parting from the poor laborer approached the late bishop's palace all the charms of its magnificence its situation which but a few hours before had captivated the elder henry's mind were vanished and from the mournful ceremony he had since been witness of he now viewed this noble edifice but as a heap of rubbish piled together to fascinate weak understandings and to make even the wise and religious man at times forget why he was sent into this world instead of presenting themselves to their nephew and cousin they both felt an unconquerable reluctance to enter under the superb the melancholy roof a bank a hedge a tree a hill seemed at this juncture a pleasanter shelter and each felt himself happy in being a harmless wanderer on the face of the earth rather than living in splendor while the wants the revelings of the hungry and the naked were crying to heaven for vengeance they gave a heartful sigh to the vanity of the rich and the powerful and pursued a path where they hoped to meet with virtue and happiness they arrived at anfield possessed by apprehensions which his uncle's funeral had served to increase young henry as he entered the well-known village feared every sound he heard would convey information of rebecca's death he saw the parsonage house at a distance but dreaded to approach it lest rebecca should no longer be an inhabitant his father indulged him in the wish to take a short survey of the village and rather learn by indirect means by observation his fate than hear it all at once from the lips of some blunt relater anfield had undergone great changes since henry left it he found some cottages built where formerly there were none and some were no more where he had frequently called and held short conversations with the poor who dwelt in them amongst the latter number was the house of the parents of agnes fallen to the ground he wondered to himself where that poor family had taken up their abode henry in a kinder world he once again cast a look at the old parsonage house his inquisitive eyes informed him there no alteration had taken place externally but he feared what change might be within at length he obtained the courage to enter the churchyard in his way to it as he slowly and trembling moved along he stopped to read here and there a gravestone as mild instructive conveyors of intelligence to which he could attend with more resignation than to any other reporter the second stone he came to he found was erected to the memory of the reverend thomas rymer 
rebecca's father he instantly called to mind all that poor curate's quick sensibility of wrong towards himself his unbridled rage in consequence and smiled to think how trivial now appeared all for which he gave way to such excess of passion but shocked at the death of one so near to her he loved he now feared to read on and cast his eyes from the tombs accidentally to the church through the window of the chancel his sight was struck with a tall monument of large dimensions raised since his departure and adorned with the finest sculpture his curiosity was excited he drew near and could distinguish followed by elegant poetic praise to the memory of john lord viscount bentham notwithstanding the solemn melancholy anxious bent of henry's mind he could not read these words and behold this costly fabric without indulging a moment fit of indignant laughter are sculpture and poetry thus debased he cried to perpetrate the memory of a man whose best advantage is to be forgotten whose no one action merits record but as an example to be shunned an elderly woman leaning on her staff now passed along the lane by the side of the church the younger henry accosted her and ventured to inquire where the daughters of mr rymer since his death were gone to live we live she returned in that small cottage across the clover field henry looked again and thought he had mistaken the word we for he felt assured that he had no knowledge of the person to whom he spoke but she knew him and after a pause cried ah mr henry you are welcome back i am heartily glad to see you and my poor sister rebecca will go out of her wits with joy is rebecca living and will be glad to see me he eagerly asked while tears of rapture trickled down his face father he continued in his ecstasy we are now come home to be completely happy and i feel as all the years i have been away were but a short week and as if all the dangers i have passed had been light as air but it is possible he cried to his kind informer that you are one of rebecca's sisters well might he asked for instead of the blooming woman of seven-and-twenty he had left her her color was gone her teeth impaired her voice broken she was near fifty yes i am one of mr rymer's daughters she replied but which said henry the eldest and once called the prettiest she returned though now people tell me i am altered yet i cannot say i see it myself and are you all living henry inquired all but one she married and died the other three on my father's death agreed to live together and knit or spin for our support so we took that small cottage and furnished it with some of the parsonage furniture 
as you shall see and kindly welcome i am sure you will be to all it affords though it is but little as she was saying this she led him through the clover field towards the cottage his heart rebounded with joy that rebecca was there yet as he walked he shuddered at the impression which he feared the first sight of her would make he feared what had what he imagined till he had seen this change in her sister he should never heed he feared rebecca would look no longer young he was not yet so far master over his sensual propensities as when the trial came to think he could behold her look like her sister and not give some evidence of his disappointment his fears were vain on entering the gate of their little garden rebecca rushed from the house to meet them just the same rebecca as ever it was her mind which beaming on her face and actuating her every motion had ever constituted all her charms it was her mind which had gained her henry's affection that mind had undergone no change and she was the self-same woman he had left her he was entranced with joy end of chapter forty five recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c